Welcome to JNR Basketball. I'm John, joined by Ronnie, and we are talking basketball each and every episode. Ronnie, how are you doing? I'm good, Jonathan. How are you? Not too bad. I uh, started off with some somber news. We we lost a legend in the basketball world. Bill Russell passed away July 31st. He was 88 years old and just, I think, unanimously one of the top five basketball players to ever play the game. So that was it was mm-hmm. sad to see. He, uh, you start looking over his stats and you just realize how dominant he was at the game. Yeah, I, I wish I knew this before he passed away. You know, I mean, I, when I learned about this, I, I just don't understand like why there's all these comparisons versus like Michael Jordan and LeBron James, but there's not much comparison with Bill Russell with all these players. You know, I, I just didn't see it. I just think he's on another level, even, even to those guys. And yeah. It's tough to to compare that, but yeah, he was an eleven time NBA champion. Eleven times—that's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, nine as a player and two as a coach. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't, I did not know that. I thought it was yep. all all as a player, but that looking at looking at it makes sense. Maybe it, it is. Yep. It does. Yep, yep, yep. You're correct. Uh, that's that's absolutely insane. He ran out of fingers to put rings on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's pretty cool to see his pictures with all the rings on his fingers. Yeah, he is a five-time Most Valuable Player League MVP, 12-time All-Star, and I found this stat absolutely fascinating. He played in 21 Game 7s, and he won wow. every single one of them. That's amazing. I Undefeated that in Game 7s, and that is just uh, the bananas to me. That doesn't exist today. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Former President Barack Obama, he actually gave him gave him the medal too. It was the Medal of Freedom, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yes, that was. Yeah, I think it is the highest award that a civilian can win, um, which yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah, there, that is that is a very very prestigious award to win. Um, yeah, so it's really cool to learn about that too. Yep, and that was in 2011 where he mm-hmm. won that for his his work. And you know, during the NBA at this time was very a very racist league. And yeah. he just dominated those guys and, and really was just um, from everything you've ever read about him or I've ever read about him was just an absolute joy to be around mm-hmm. and just a professional athlete, just a professional in every sense of the word. And uh, he's passed away at the age of 88. So, yeah, it was it was sad. You know, I'm not a I'm not a huge Boston Celtics fan. I, I've enjoyed watching the Celtics, but he was, you know, the the greatest Boston Celtics certainly to ever play the game. Uh, yeah. quite, and there's some pretty good players on that list of Celtics players. So yeah, Bill Russell. Uh, yeah, he and this is a time when he was going up against Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West and all yeah. these amazing names, and he beat them. You know, he he won championships against these guys. Like yeah, Wilt Chamberlain was like the probably the best offensive scorer and you know the best offensive player in the league. But when he ran into Bill Russell, Bill Russell knew how to stop everything. You know, he was one of the leaders in the blocks and. And steals and like defensively, he, he was basically good on both sides of the floor. So he was able to change the the whole flow of the game and win championships for his team. Yeah, absolutely. So a big loss to the basketball world. You know, when you look at the top ten players of all time, which is as a heavily debated list, uh, but he is he's certainly on that list. And when you start looking through this list, you know, we we've lost a couple of guys. You know, Kobe Bryant has passed away, and now Bill Russell has passed away. Um, it's it's crazy to think that you know these guys are are, are we're going to lose all of them at some point and that's that's really kind of sad think about mm-hmm. put your own yeah, mortality thank- into uh 
and perspective <laughs> yeah. there. But yeah, thank you, Jalen Rose, for teaching me all about him. And he, he had the best segment on Jalen and Jacoby. I, I highly recommend watching that. All right. I might, I might take a gander. We'll see. Uh, did you see that these 76ers are under investigation for tampering? Yeah, I saw the title of that. I didn't really click on it, but I was watching a little bit of highlights on it. But yeah, just explain that a little bit more. I probably, I'll probably i learn yeah. the most from you. Sure. Uh, so James Harden, as we know, was due $47.4 million. He had a player option. He decided to opt out of it. He took a pay cut. He's now on a two-year contract worth $68 million. The second year of his contract contains a player option. So he can opt out after this year if he wants to. And it has been widely speculated, and, and maybe there's some evidence that he met with team owner, and maybe there is a a wink, wink, nod, nod deal that he will opt out of it, and that they will take care of him and give him a much bigger contract. So by taking a pay cut this year, they're able to sign PJ Tucker, they're able to bring in uh, Daniel House, and they're they're now in a much better position to compete for a championship with Harden taking the pay cut. It is against the league rules to do that. You can't make an a non you can't make an agreement that's not an NBA contract. So if that's true, they could lose a draft pick or two, depending on the severity of the tampering, or you know if they even prove tampering. So uh, yeah. James Harden was quoted saying, "I had conversations with Daryl, and it was explained how we could get better and what the market value was for certain players. I told Daryl to improve the roster, sign who we need, sign." Sign who we needed to sign and give me whatever is left over. This is how bad I want to win. I want to compete for a championship. That's all that matters to me at this stage. I'm willing to take less to put us in a position to accomplish that. On paper, that's great. But if there is some sort of back back alley or, or behind-the-scenes deal, uh, that that's against the rules. And, and something similar happened in the past. Uh, the Heat – was it the Heat? Oh, now I'm going to pull a Ronnie here. The Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat each lost a second round draft pick after league investigations found that they had tampered with then free agents Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry. So they each lost a second round pick. The the a second round pick is not a big price. That's just yeah. that's just a slap on the hand. So if that's true and they lose a second round pick, well, they're still in win now mode. They still are in the driver's seat. So I almost think he would you would be okay with tampering if it's going to deliver you what they were able to deliver this offseason. Uh, they Absolutely. were the third favorite to win the championship behind the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat. So the speculation is around the league. They're a good team, and they may have broken some rules to get that team put together. Mm -hmm. The only thing about that is now that we've done some redrafts on our past podcast, I do see some values with these second rounders, you know, some Sometimes we take these second rounders and we put them in the in like our top five instead. So there is a very slim chance that you might come across a, a really good player in the second round and they might lose out on them. But I don't know. yeah, I think at the end of the day, you're getting proven talent, and that certainly trumps what a, a potential second round pick, pick yeah. could bring you. Agreed. So yeah, they could be in some trouble. We'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an, keep our eyes and ears open for that. But the 76ers got better, and they made it to the Eastern Conference semifinals this year. You know, if you could get a motivated James Harden coming back, I would be kind of scared of that team. Yeah, hopefully he gets better. I think he's on his way. I, I think he's looking good. And then are we going to talk about the Knicks next? Yeah, sure. They're what tampering? They're tampering? Heard about I, yeah, haven't, uh, I haven't heard the Knicks tampering. Oh, okay. So there's and the NBA is investigating the Knicks for tampering regarding Brunson. Oh, now, I did a, see that, yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So there's a, a lot of things going on with this because Brunson, something about his dad is in the like has to do with the Knicks and everything. Do you know? I believe his dad was a New York Knicks player, so oh, okay. he has ties to the New York Knicks. Uh, but let yeah. me confirm that. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I don't have many details on that. I was just kind of watching that, but basically, yeah, what you said, and he's he also has some other ties in there, and so they're yeah, just kind of looking at all the ties for the New York Knicks and a former player. Yeah. Well, I knew he so, was a former player, but yeah, he works for the Knicks currently. So with all these ties that Brunson has to the Knicks, they're basically just investigating it and looking to see if there was tampering in this case too. So they might lose a second round pick as well. That's interesting because how do you how do you do that, right? Your dad coaches this team. You're a free agent. Um, you know, the family at dinner is going to talk about stuff like that. Where do you think I you know. might be going? What kind of you know? It goes both ways. Hey, Dad, what kind of exactly. players are you looking to sign? Hey, son, yeah. where are you thinking about going? <laughs> right. I feel like it's inevitable that they're going to lose a second-round draft pick because of yeah. that. I mean, well, the only thing with that is they do, like, electronic investigations. So if they don't actually find, like, hard proof of it and it's just, like, verbally, um, then they could maybe get away with it. But if there's, like, one text that's like, hey, Dad, remember what you said during dinner? <laughs> you know, <laughs> then they're screwed. <laughs> so. Yeah, I wonder how much they have to cooperate with that because it's not a criminal investigation. It's not like they can yeah. send out a warrant to get their phone. I mean, when Tom Brady, when they, the NFL asked for his phone, he uh, refused yeah. and or destroyed it or both. Where to the I'm point? I'm glad you like, mentioned yeah, that. You're, you're yeah, gonna I was going to mention that too. So I don't know. I don't know what persuasive powers they can have. And and again, yeah, it's it's a second round draft pick. Although you know the tampering. For the, I would say the the 76ers tampering was more fruitful than the Knicks tampering because the Knicks need a lot of work, where uh, yeah. the 76ers are maybe just a piece or two away. Didn't Brady like totally destroy his phone? I believe he it? did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of phones that you're gonna have to destroy in, in this Knicks involvement, you know, but <laughs> potentially, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The other story that I wanted to talk about, um, well, before we get to that, no news on the Kevin Durant front, no news on the Donovan Mitchell front, no news on the Russell Westbrook front. There's been no big trades or, or even rumors. It's it sort of simmered down a lot. I've read somewhere that the owner of the Knicks, not the Knicks, the Nets, and Kevin Durant are going to have a meeting as it seems that his trade request is is not going to be processed. It's going to fail because I don't think there's any teams left that either A, want Kevin Durant and have the resources to do it, or or B, they're just the Nets are going to be too greedy and, and not want to give up on a superstar uh, That's for, right for peanuts. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both, right? Because to get Kevin Durant, you're having to give up a lot. It, I, I saw that the Celtics could offer, you know, Jalen Brown amongst other things. I would I don't know if I would necessarily want that. You were in the NBA right. finals last year with a team built around Tatum and Brown. Exactly. Why would you sell the farm to get Kevin Durant? Yeah, he's a great player, but I know you're you're always about that chemistry, uh, and I think yeah. that applies here. Yeah, and your same thing happened. The thing that screwed all of this up was a Rudy Gobert trade because they got so much from him, so much, and from so him, yeah. then you're looking at like Rudy Gobert compared to Kevin Durant, and you're like, man, what would we could get just as much, you know, for Durant, and yeah, it just it's not going to work, and exactly what you're saying, like. You're not. Why ruin a team when you went to the finals? Just you keep that team together. You don't change the whole entire team after you went to the finals. That doesn't make any sense. And there's been other teams that have been offering Durant the same thing too. Just like they're like half their starters, and it just doesn't make any sense. 
And then Durant's like, what, 35 or 36 years old? He's yeah. How many he's years the, does he have left in the he's league? He's on the downwards turn of his career for sure. Yeah. I know still, he still played excellent last year, yes, just like did. LeBron did yep. too. But LeBron, LeBron is going still. into his 20th NBA season, and yeah. he is still one of the top players. I, I'm not a huge LeBron fan. I think that's been well established, and there's certainly a documentation of my LeBron <laughs> dislike. But you got to respect his game at this point. Yep. Twenty years, and he's still certainly one of the top performers in the league. Yeah, I'm a fan of how well they've taken care of their bodies. You know, just yeah. they're still healthy for the most part. You know, I know LeBron was out a little bit. Kevin Durant had this, you know, his rupture a couple of years ago, but still, um, these guys are playing excellent at their age. And the, I mean, LeBron and Durant both, they participated in the Olympics. So when they could be taking an off season and, and strength training mm -hmm. and sort of resting, no, they're, they're playing basketball. So yeah, they're, right. they've definitely played a lot of games. Or LeBron and the Drew League too. Yeah. Yeah. DeJounte Murray came out and saying that he wants more players to participate in those sort of pro-am leagues just to give fans that can't afford to go to games a chance to see them play. And I thought that was really cool. I, I like that, uh, that messaging that he has going out there. I like that, but aren't, tickets like ten dollars sometimes for nba tickets or am i thinking of something no different? you might be no? thinking of wmba tickets but no nba <laughs> tickets i mean it was forty dollars for summer league tickets oh really okay i didn't know they were that much and I then don't you add on the fees and games. stuff and it's just like you know honestly the only time i go is when i come across people offering me for me to go with them you know so I'm like, yeah. sure, I'll, I'll go watch a free game classic ronnie <laughs> well you know like i get family members that have like some hookups you know through their work they'll get like free games and i'm like heck yeah so i don't i don't know the true cost of a ticket i never pay yeah the, you know when the, i don't i know this is not a hockey podcast but the, the phoenix coyotes i guess they um they played in glendale the last couple of years and there would be days where their tickets were literally five to ten dollars for some oh, of I'm the sure. cheap seats but the fees on those would always be over twenty, so I'd happily pay five to ten dollars. I'm not going to pay thirty five dollars after yeah. you add in all of the extra crap that comes with it to see for parking. You know, a, a terrible t yeah pa parking on top of you know the Ticketmaster service fees and the convenience fees and, and you know that that five to the ten dollars convenience fee yeah it gets up <laughs> it gets up really expensive really fast. So um, I I I know that's true in the NBA case. So even if you see a cheap ticket, you're still going to be paying a ton. Yeah, you'll and pay then, more in fees than for the actual ticket, and that sucks. Yeah, and then you mentioned parking as well. Yeah, that's it all adds up. So I, I fully appreciate them. You know, yeah, go watch them in the Drew League. Go watch them in the Summer League. Uh, some yeah. of these younger guys. Take any opportunity you can to see basketball for cheap and, and take advantage of it. Well, in that case, then, I take back what I said. I guess tickets weren't as cheap as I thought they were. So that is really good that they're letting the people that can't Encouraging afford it you know, people, watch yeah. them. Yeah, very cool. I always wanted that for – I wish – the basketball games would be on regular TV, like on antenna TV. You know what I mean? Like on basic channels. Yeah. Because I remember watching it for free on like channel 45 here in Arizona. It would be Back in the day. Like UPN. Yep. Yeah. And you just turn on the suns. You're not paying for all these packages or all this crap that he, all these apps and everything. It just was free. It was just on TV. And I think that's, I think they're actually missing the mark with, with some of these other people that can't afford TV nowadays too, you know? Well, at the end of the day, it's all about money. Basketball's a business. They get more money to be on tnt or local fox news or whatever fox sports or whatever the the television deal is so that's what yeah, it's about it's about making think, money and screw you ronnie because they, <laughs> they don't you think that's money. having an impact on the popularity of basketball though because i think so yeah it, I mean, how that's could it where not? it came from 
it was so easy to watch games when we were when we were a kid growing up and now right. it's it's not it's it's a little bit difficult sometimes yeah one of the other stories i wanted to talk about is circling back to kevin durant is that there's a lot of league owners team owners that are 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 frustrated quite frankly and they want some changes to the uh the the players collective bargaining agreement and they're willing to have a lockout year in order to get it and it has to do with these superstars that demand trades and force their way out of situations. And I was curious to see how you felt. So let's take um, Kevin Durant, for example. He signed a max contract with the Nets. They want it to be one of the one of the things rumored things that they want is that he not only does he have a no trade clause, that he legitimately can't be traded in his first two years or three years of that contract. Where it's not that, you know, it's against league rules for him to be traded. That's going to prevent him from going and requesting a trade and instead say, hey, this is the situation I'm in. This is the contract I signed. I better try to figure out how to make it work. And it also gives that team a chance to make it work so that you don't end up having to trade this player that you that you paid a lot of money for and brought in. So, for example, Devin Booker just signed a Supermax contract for five years or extension for five years. He would – for three years, he cannot be traded. It's not that he has veto power or anything like that. He legitimately has to be on the Phoenix Suns per per the CBA. And if the Suns are bad, he just has to kind of deal with it for three years. And at that point, he could potentially be traded. So that gives the Suns three years to figure it out, to either make him happy, build a team around him, or uh, just kind of suck and wait for him to to request the trade after the three-year period. What do you think about something like that? So I just don't like it because if there's a chance that we might not get to get, not to, not get to watch basketball, right? That's the only bad part about it. But I do agree with the owners. Like I, I don't like that the players have an out. It just, like Durant requesting a trade on a four-year contract, like what's the po- po- there's no point in having a contract when you could do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could kind of like, hold him to like all this money that they owe him and like he's worth like this big trade but yeah they're not going to get anything i i guess i talked to someone someone else about this too um and they were saying well then durant just like he has a choice to not play right and then not get paid sure so there's that but as a as an owner like then you're not going to have people paying for tickets you're not going to have like like they're not going to be able to watch durant and as an arena and they're not going to buy his jersey and stuff like that so it does affect everything financially in the end i think it's a good thing because i do want players to stick to their contracts i don't like how they're able to get out um i don't like how i seen like some nfl players like they'll do something bad to like get out of their their contracts like i mean by bad i mean like they'll get like a dui or something like that it seems like they almost do things on purpose to like get get kicked off the team you know <laughs> and i feel like the nba players are kind of seeing that and they're kind of incorporating that into into their ways, you know, like, well, I know Durant, it was just a request. It wasn't like anything illegal, but I could just see some things happening. Like, who was the other guy? It was uh, Bridges, right? Who was, Miles or no, Mikhail, Bridges. Miles Bridges. Yeah, that's who, right. Where he's he, just doing stupid things now, too. I mean, I, okay, yeah, he's probably going to get kicked out for like the whole entire <laughs> league, you know, hopefully. I honestly have that's no idea different. where you're going with this. <laughs> My yeah okay so yeah this is yeah I I actually wanted to work on that so my point is that we need to hold these players accountable for their contracts that they're signing they can't just request a trade um they can't just do something to get kicked out of their team you know they can't do that you know they just have to like 
stick to what they signed and and stick with their team basically and just play until their contract is up. That's all. Okay. Well, I I I I I see both sides of it from the owner's perspective. Absolutely. You make a huge investment when you bring these players in and you should have that opportunity to make it work. So if you signed a five-year deal or you should have three years, if you signed a four-year deal, give the team two years to try to make a good fit for you before you are even allowed to be traded. Trades are exciting. I like, I like when a big trade happens. It is exciting to see as a fan, but I understand the frustration of, of the owners. So I, I like this sort of almost like a moratorium period when you sign a, an a extension or a contract where for the first half of your contract, you can't be traded. And then maybe you put in a no trade clause where the player has veto power. Uh, so after that halfway point, but I, I do think. Something needs to be done because these players have more power than the owners at this point. Um, again, you know, it's millionaires controlling billionaires, boo hoo hoo. But it's it is it is kind of frustrating as a fan. So let's say like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul really are all under max contracts. If they all just demanded a trade next year, it's going to suck to be a Phoenix Sun fan. And we've gone yeah. through periods of time where we've had multiple players request to be traded. For some reason, we brought in three point guards and none of them ended up sticking for more than a year. You know, we had yeah. the whole, I don't want to be here right now. And it's just, it's madness that the players have this much power. Uh, and it's it's frustrating as a fan. So. You're talking I don't about care. Bledsoe and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, Bledsoe, and, uh, Isaiah Dragic Thomas and Drogic were all here. Yeah. Lon Babby is was a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it it it's a weird it's a weird dynamic that's going on right now. And you see it in other sports too. Football is one where the players have so much power. Uh basketball the, the players have probably even more power. I mean, we've seen Dwight Howard get one of the Van Gundys fired as the the magic head coach while he was there. Uh, we, we see LeBron getting coaches fired. It's it's really, really weird that they can have this much power and this much control. And I don't know how I feel about it, I guess, is, is the short story. I don't care at the end of the day because it's billionaires and millionaires. But mm-hmm. from a fan perspective, if I buy a jersey, I would like to know that that player is going to stick around for a while. It makes yeah. me feel a little bit better. Uh, so yeah, pl- honor your contract or at least have some stipulation in there that you can't be traded uh, at least for a couple of years if you sign a long-term contract. Yep. I guess so Miles Bridges was a bad example. I was yeah, thinking was of more like, yeah, like Odell Beckham Jr. cried when he was on the Browns and he got traded yeah. to a Super Bowl winning team. He won a Super Bowl ring next year going to the Rams. Um, there was a F- Arizona Cardinals player. This is kind of like along the lines of like illegal stuff I was talking about. Do you remember Michael Floyd, the wide receiver we used to have? I do, yep. So yeah, he fell asleep like at the wheel um, when he was driving. He was just stopped at the light and he just fell asleep. And a cop like knocked on his window and woke him up. And he got a DUI, basically. And then next year, the Patriots picked him up and he won a Super Bowl. And he only played one game for them, too. One or two, maybe. So it's just frustrating when I see that. You know, like the players just, they don't like where they're playing. So they don't like try very hard to like stay on that team or they do stupid things and then they end up getting out of that team they don't like and that they, they end up winning a super bowl next year i just ugh, it irritates the hell out of me yeah i get it, it it's it sucks to see them rewarded for their bad behavior mm-hmm. um that's that's sort of the worst but yeah we'll see if that actually comes you know the owners like to make money so a lockout costs them money certainly it hurts yeah. your fan base because you'll have fans that that won't return to the game you know i i stopped watching baseball almost entirely when they had a lockout uh because it's just you know it's not there for me to watch then i i don't really care and you kind of you kind of get over it so 
Yeah, I watched. I stopped watching baseball a long time ago, back in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the first and only game you ever watched. Yep, that was the the year I was born, I believe. I just decided not to watch it. <laughs> Ronnie, what is your most exciting basketball play to watch? You know, so um, baseball, they say a triple is the most exciting play. A kickoff return in football, um, you know, a a shorthanded goal in hockey. But what is your basketball just like, yes, I love to watch that sort of play. For me, well, it's kind of a combination of two things. I think seeing those breakaways, you know, when you when you know it, a big dunk is coming, you can kind of see it like two seconds before it happens. You know, yeah, you see that the big open, of it. yeah, that big open space, you know, and there's like just one player, no one near him, you know, something's going to happen. But I think blocks are even bigger than that for me. When I see a big block, I almost like, split secondly see it and it's funny like i always talk to the wife i'm like it's so weird that i'm like the i'm cheering before everybody else around like there might be a group of 10 of us or something like that and like i'm jumping up and yelling and the play hasn't even happened yet because i see it developing and it's happening like right then i'm I just know a big block's coming and i start yelling and, and then everyone else like a second later is like oh <laughs> like, how did you know so yeah i i love blocks i i am in the same vein i love blocks they're so so cool to see and they can really change the momentum of a game um is that timely defensive block is just huge and you know if it's a home team the crowd just goes crazy and it's exciting and uh there's some some information on blocks i wanted to share with you and 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 the listeners as well that may or may not know this but uh, i'm sure you're aware of dikembe mutombo and his his finger wag his infamous <laughs> finger wag he recently was doing commercials where he would do no, that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that they changed the rules because of that finger wag? No. How so, long ago did they change that? This was while he was still in the league. So he would block somebody's shot and he would do the finger wag to that person. Um, a couple of years go by. They changed the rule. He can no longer do that to a person that he blocked. That's considered taunting and a technical foul. So he adjusted by doing the finger wag to the crowd. Uh, that's how he kind of got around it. That was like his signature move. So it was really, really right. sad to see. Uh, one of the funniest plays, and you should look it up on YouTube, is when Shaquille O'Neal blocked Dikembe Mutombo. I he saw did that the recently. Finger wag. Yeah, he did the finger wag to Dikembe. He got the technical foul, but you yes. know, it's it's you got to do it. <laughs> uh, Shaq was you know much younger, and Dikembe was was towards the end of his career. Uh, but it, I, I took it as not taunting in that specific example. I took it as a sign of respect of mm-hmm. you know I wish. To be like you and your defensive ability. But I loved watching yeah. the Kembe Mutumba play. I loved it when he got the blocks. That was always just so much fun and so so exciting to see. Uh, yep. So I agree with you. Blocks are blocks are huge. And Dikembe Mutumba literally changed the game with his blocking ability. Yeah, I agree. Now, here's a question for you. Is a block considered a turnover? We know a steal is a turnover. But what about a block? Not exactly. So I, I think the way it works is when you block somebody, whoever receives that block, it it counts as a steal. Am I correct or, in, or incorrect? I think you were incorrect on that. But what it counts is is a missed field goal, a missed shot for the person that shot it. So it's yes. essentially a block, almost like a yeah. So but it's a missed shot. So I always thought that blocks were considered turnovers, and uh, just recently I learned that. And then like I felt stupid because like oh yeah, I mean it's not a turnover. It's it's a block shot. It's it's a shot that was was blocked. It's like. Yeah, I don't know why I would have thought it was turnovers, but in my head, you know, blocks and steals are often 
glumped together as it's like a defensive stat. Um, so in my head, it was yeah, those are those are both turnovers, but blocks are not considered turnovers. Uh, they're considered a missed shot for the shooter, and a block is its own its own statistic. Interesting. I didn't know it wasn't a turnover. So uh, it's just so so a steal. That's that's a turnover then, right? A steal is a turnover. Traveling is a turnover. Um, you know, throwing a ball away. Those are all considered turnovers, but a block is not. So I wonder if maybe what I'm saying is correct. I don't think it is, but like let's say if you know if Amari Stoudemire blocks it, and then Steve Nash ends up with with the ball after the block, does he get credit for the steal because he he re- received the steal, or is just he just got the ball and then it's just a block and that's it? It's a block and then I don't a block know. Shot. Does it, is it a block and then a rebound? If if it doesn't go out right. of bounds, well, if it's yeah, it's a missed shot, so it probably should be a rebound. Then you're right. I don't, yeah, know. I don't we'll know. I'll just check that out. Oh, this is a block is not considered a rebound. So there we go. Gotcha. That's not true. So yeah, a block is sort of its weird own weird little category. It counts as a missed shot for the person that shot it. A block is obviously its own statistic. Uh, so in basketball, a rebound is sometimes quickly referred to as a board. Okay, that's not helpful. So it sounds like they only give credit for like one thing. Like it, it can't be credit for multiple things when one thing happens. You know, a block happens. You give credit for the block and the missed shot, and that's it. You can't give, you can't like spread credit to everyone else for what happened after that. I would agree with that, but I don't know for sure. So that's something, something that maybe we should look into. Yeah. Uh, or if you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, oh my gosh, these guys are so dumb, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> call the JNR fan line, set us straight on what a block is. We would love to hear it. Um, and then tell us who your favorite basketball blocker is. Because, yeah, if I um, was, if go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say mine's Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was gonna say if I was in charge of keeping track of all the stats, all these little questions would pop in my head. I'm like, am I supposed to keep track of this and that because this happened? And it would just, I would get all messed up, and I wouldn't be able to do it. No, you, you'd be terrible at it. I yeah, think, <laughs> I think we all know that. <laughs> you know, oddly enough, I took like a class on doing that because I was helping with uh, like kids basketball games where i was trying to record so at one point i probably knew the answer to this uh all i know is this is a lot of turnovers and in, in kids basketball <laughs> yeah right so there were three players that averaged two blocks per game two blocks or more per game last season who do you think they were rudy rudy gobert rudy gobert is correct he averaged 2.1 blocks last season are there is it is it going to be like a trick question where like the player only played like two no, games no, no. and they oh, average no. more than two blocks? Uh, an NBA block with a minimum of 57.4 games played. Okay. I don't know where that number came from. Just the, the random um, stat website I opened says if is, you played 57.4 games, you count. Is Anthony Davis the second one? Anthony Davis is not on the list. Well, actually, I don't think he played enough games. So I'm certain he did not play yeah. enough games. <laughs> I was, right after you said that, I was thinking of good blackers though. Uh I can't think of another one. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns would be on there, but he's a big guy. So, and then he there's is, the, he's on the list of he's probably without counting. He's probably like 15 or so on the list. I'm thinking of Joe Kitch. I'm thinking of um, Aiton, possibly Aiton. I'll go with Aiton. How about him? Aiton is not on the list. Actually, JaVale McGee is higher on the list than DeAndre. Oh, Aiton. God, I'm going to miss him so much. See, <laughs> he, all those big black yeah. plays. I remember all watching those... him do. Ah, oh, he was so good. So Rudy Gobert is number three. 
Robert Williams of the Boston Celtics is number two with 2.2 right. blocks per game. And he was just a beast, especially in the playoffs. You yeah. know, they, if he was in the game, they tended to shoot. And now Golden State could shoot, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But yep. he definitely was the guard of the paint. And then when they had to go and put in Daniel Thies, it was just like, hey, guys, come on down the lane and score. I'm not going to yeah, do anything. exactly. And number yeah. one is Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies, who averaged 2.3 blocks per game. So nice. So that is your one, two, three on blocks. And that is crazy that two blocks a game is what they averaged. Very, yeah. very impressive. Great job, guys. I, I want to go back and watch Williams now. Yeah, he, <laughs> it was it was a fun watch. I wonder what it would have looked like if he was healthy, especially yeah. all postseason, because he was so limited on minutes uh, early in the series. And finally, they they start. Well, they had to ramp him up. They're desperate. Uh, but if he would have been healthy the whole series and could have played twenty five, thirty minutes a game, what would it have looked like? Yeah. And who is the guy that you mentioned from the Grizzlies? Jaron Jackson Jr. Jer yeah, I want to look at his highlights too. Oh, for sure. Highlight yeah. blacks on YouTube. That's gonna do it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and. Uh, Reach out to us on the JNR fan line for any ideas or anything that you want to talk about, either be text or uh, voicemail, and we'd be happy to hear from you. So we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>